Hi everyone, it's Justine here to intro our podcast episode with Bucktooth. Bucktooth is a group depop started by three friends, Emily, Emma, and Sarah, trying to make slow fashion a more inclusive space. Recently, Asha and I got the chance to Zoom with Emily and Emma, two-thirds of this self-categorized anti-brand, and talk with them about finding their own personal styles, sustainability, trend cycles, thrift tips and tricks, body image, TikTok, and more. Make sure to follow them on Depop at Bucktooth, TikTok at shop underscore Bucktooth, and Instagram at Bucktooth underscore HQ. Okay, so first question is how do all of you, or how how do you guys know each other? And then like when and why did you start your Depop? Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about how you know Sarah first? Okay. And then how you guys started it? Yeah, not that any of this matters, but this, our Depop used to be just like a small account that my friend that I met in college that she was using, she had like 600 followers and I was like, Sarah, LOL. Whoa. Like, like, what are we doing? Like, let's be famous. Um, And so we started the Depop like my second year of college, I think. So whenever the fuck that was, time doesn't make sense. 2017? Sure. (laughs) maybe you're probably like four years ago yeah and then we've known each other because we're from the same hometown yeah we're both from Temecula um and we went to the same like middle school and high school but we didn't interact really except one time (laughs) (laughs) one time when I was in middle school I was in like eighth grade and Emma was like a freshman and I always thought she was like so cool and beautiful and like older you know it's like oh my god like popular girl Um, I mean I was in high school (laughs) we were like I don't know how this like went down but we were like at a starbucks together in this big group and i was talking about how i wanted like a gray lipstick and she just goes i have one in my bag and then puts it on me (laughs) and then we didn't speak again for like several years and then once i moved out of like my hometown we ended up like reconnecting through mutual friends yeah and then she came and like visited me in slow where i went to school like a year and a half ago hey do you want to maybe also sell clothes yeah and that's what happened yeah, so her and Sarah ran it first for, like, the first three years, and then, like, right before the whole COVID thing went down, I ended up joining in with them. Long-winded, yeah. there you go, all the details. <laughs> um, and are you guys, you're both in Temecula still right now? I'm just visiting because my mom still lives here, but I live in um, L.A. Okay. And I, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and Sarah lives in San Luis Obispo, where she went we're, to college. We're all the way. All Scattered. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you guys all are just, like, thrifting from where you, like, your own areas which you live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, like, coordinate, or everybody just shoots on their own? Yeah. Yeah, everyone, like, so whoever sources the item gets, like, the, gets the, the money. money from it, is responsible for shipping yeah. it, like, has to do all the work involved yeah. with that. It's essentially three different depoppers on, on the same one account. account. Yeah. yeah. And then we just have like a little spreadsheet where we track each sale and like we color code it for each person. So then we know how to like divide the money that's in the PayPal or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it works fairly easily. Sometimes it's complicated with like bundles, but yeah, usually we'll buy just something like for both of us. Yeah. We'll cover like the shipping costs on our own and ship separately. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, okay, uh, next question. How would you describe your personal style? You first. 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> this actually, you know what? That's fair. I like really obnoxious colors. And like, this makes sense. Like this blue orange that make your eye cross. Like I like when that make your, eye cross. That make your just one eye cross, <laughs> that make your eyes cross. Um, I just, yeah, really obnoxious. I love sixties and seventies cause they had really obnoxious colorways and sixties and seventies silhouettes too. Yeah. I love they those silhouettes as well. Yeah. And then also just like funny t-shirts and shit. Yeah. And big jorts. Jorts. Jean shorts. Yeah. Um, mine is a lot of like I tend to like fall on like the edgier side. Right? Yeah, trash in. Yeah, like right now, this isn't honestly an accurate. Yeah, she's dressed like me right now. I don't know what's um, but yeah, I dress like a like dark colors and like edgy kind of like DIY grungy stuff um but also I really love like ironically wearing real tree camo and like trucker hats and like shit like I don't know very on brand I truly think that I like was from Tennessee in a past life or some shit because I just love like trucks like give me a t-shirt with a truck on it and like I'm set like I'll wear it every day um and then just kind of like trashy Paris Hilton Lindsay Lohan Y2K kind of vibes too on occasion (laughs) <laughs> I love that that's like you describe my best friend style and then like Emma described like oh that's cute that is cute um okay so this one wasn't on like the question sheet but just like branching off of talking about your depop like do you guys prefer having sort of like a group depop versus doing it on your own I don't know if like 100% yeah, yeah. Like, like your own like when you just started because I know I've only ever sold clothes like by myself but do you yeah. know the group aspect of it definitely like I sold casually on like my own account prior to joining in with them um so like I've experienced being a solo seller but not on like the same kind of scale that like Bucktooth is right now but I think it's super nice to be a group because there's like an external accountability with it Mm -hmm. um and like if one of us misses like a message or something like another person will send a screenshot being like hey someone's asking this question like you should go respond to it yeah and then also like if one of us there's been periods of time where like someone has to take a few days off or like a week off for whatever reason um especially like around the holidays and it's nice to not have to completely close the shop down in those instances and like the trust that I have in you and Sarah to like let you take over and like keep things running if I have to step back is super super nice as well yeah yeah I don't yeah 100% agree I I really would recommend if I can to any depop Mm -hmm. seller any top seller to either like hire someone which sucks because then money and the dynamics Um, different exactly much different or to work with a partner and yeah I mean yeah yeah I just think it's way better that way we are like each other's like secretary kind of and we help each other out and And it's like I feel a sense of like responsibility to do a good job with what I do not because like I'm being bossed around by you two but because like I respect you two and like it keeps me like it keeps me motivated yeah it's like body doubling for ADHD yeah yeah and then like do you also feel like it sort of helps you guys stay connected as friends just because you have like depop side but also yeah. you're like constantly talking to each other yeah yep. that's a really good question yeah um, <laughs> I don't talk to yeah. people long distance I'm one of the friends who's like I'll see you in three years and everything better be the exact same you know mm-hmm. like you're not gonna talk but I'm still gonna love you and things yeah. should be normal also, and so like, like this has been fantastic yeah. to be able to have consistent communication it keeps me kind of sane because otherwise I would just permit it's made me like have to 
I think I've learned a lot more about like who Emma is as a person and like how we best communicate to each other um, than I would ever had if we didn't do that. Like if we were just friends, no business shit. Like, yeah. Like a deeper level. Yeah. Cause like, if there's something that like, you know, if one of us is like frustrated about something or there's a problem that we have to solve and we're both frustrated about it or like giving like constructive criticism to each other, like all those things don't really happen organically and just like a normal friendship. Yeah. And so I've had to like grow my communication skills to be able to like approach those subjects without like creating conflict and yeah. like how to actually listen to yeah. like, you know, what you're saying. And, yeah. Like it's crazy how much deep, deep up like <laughs> affects my life and affects yeah. my personality. Yeah. I've definitely, it's like shaped a lot of like my development in the past. I year, am I who like. I am. Because yeah. <laughs> it sounds like corny, but like, just, I mean, like, actually, I just yeah. hate to say it, but, like, actually, I really am. <laughs> the questions that we have to kind of ask ourselves are questions I don't think I would have, you know, asked myself as willingly, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Also, like, okay, I'm sorry that I also, have, like, the more that we talk, I have, like, questions that aren't on the No, you are good. I, I love, love to talk yeah. about myself. So. You guys are like, oh, it, like, you know, like, it changed me. But also, I was going to say, like, I feel like on your TikTok, you talked about this, too, but people are... Mm -hmm they'll make comments about like the moral issues on like thrifting and then also one of the questions that we put on the doc is like your thoughts on the fast-paced trend cycle and I know that you've discussed that before on TikTok but I'd just love to hear more about like what you think about that like how fast trends are cycling and like what you think about like the future of that and then also like your thoughts in general just like to reiterate for like the morals of like thrifting and people like being like well you have to think about like well, income and like leaving enough yeah. for like what they're yeah. okay so let's start with the trend cycle question like yeah. just just our thoughts in general about like the we live in a society where it's just like more 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 uh-huh and how where we think it's going mm -hmm. yeah like where you think it's going and I guess just like your thoughts in general especially like developing I feel like ever since or, like the more that I don't buy clothes <laughs> let me try to think about how I'm trying to say this but like <laughs> You're good. the more that I like started thrifting and like stopped buying like fast fashion clothes I feel like that's the more I started to develop my personal style but also like with the fast-paced trend cycle I feel like it's it gets like harder to sort of like stay true to like do I like this or do I like this because like everyone else also likes this yeah like, am I gonna like this when everybody hates it in like two weeks should I start yeah. okay so I, I completely relate to what you're saying. And like, in terms of selecting my own clothes and like, I've asked myself those same questions. I'm like, is this going to be cool? Like in a month from now or whatever. In a I, week. It, yeah, yeah. I found myself gravitating because of that, like it, fear that like whatever I'm wearing is going to be out of trend in like seven days. <laughs> um, I find myself gravitating more so now to things that, fit my body really well and make me feel comfortable and like accentuate the features that I want to accentuate as opposed to specific like patterns or cuts or colors or whatever um and I think that trying to escape the grasp of like the rapid trend cycle has made my style a lot more eclectic like you just see just, something yeah. and know you like it. Yeah, you know? you exactly. don't have to see someone else put it on before you can decide. You know? Yeah, but I also think that, like, I'm not super ingrained in social media. Like, I don't, like, actively, like, 
spend a lot of time scrolling on like Instagram because it makes me not feel good (laughs) and also I get like really really absorbed in it and can't pull myself away um and I think like once I started like stepping away from like Instagram especially or like watching haul videos on YouTube or whatever like I was like I don't I don't think about like if I'm being trendy or not on like a daily basis but I feel like I definitely used to like especially when I was like 17 18 19 years old um but yeah I don't know I've definitely noticed that it's been speeding up in the past five years like it's so insane now and I have like I have no idea where the future is going with it like it could go one way I have I have have ideas yeah okay I'll let you take over (laughs) um it's interesting I'll I'll talk to her about it later I'd like to know um but for me uh and for loser in brooklyn i think or something old loser in brooklyn is a person on tiktok who you should totally check out um because she really often talks about the trend cycle and like how to combat it and like yeah pulling yourself away from haul videos a solution mm-hmm. there's so many there's a lot of solutions also one quick thing i want to add before i go into this um cool. another fun thing about personal style um like uh, about tooth tip is yes to try to like the things you like about your body accentuate them throughout through your style like what you feel good in. yeah and then also this one I think I learned from old loser in Brooklyn on TikTok um was what did you like as like a child so it's like that inner child shit but like what what did you like fantasize about or like want to be when you were a kid I did that without even realizing it yeah no yeah I didn't think about it either but I was like when I was a kid I was obsessed with like like, what did funky. you put on your Barbies? <laughs> yeah, shit like that. So that's another really good tip. And I want more people to know that because yeah. I felt like it, it really helped me because I've been even struggling from all of this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, where the fuck was I? What was I saying? Future. Oh, the future. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the future of fast fashion cycles and trend cycles. I think that they are going to continue to spiral. And then eventually, hopefully, like I, in my ideal world, they would just kind of like implode. And there would Super be nice, so yeah. many, yeah, there'd be so many trends that it, it would become nicher and nicher. So like the trends that someone like I would identify with will be smaller and they'll have to do with, you know, a smaller group of people um, rather than like everyone having the same house of sunny dress. You know, like if you're interested in fashion at all, then you get this one, that one like green dress that everybody has. Like yeah. so yeah. more and more yeah. groups. Yeah, like I think that- can't anymore. Yeah, until they can't anymore. Uh-huh. Like eventually it'll just be so niche that it's like, I can't even identify with this niche. <laughs> so niche. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's more ideal because it stops people from buying pieces outside of their niche. Yeah, I was that sounds do. more positive than like what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking, but it was, like, a lot less, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But honestly, also, especially in the realm of, like, fast fashion or even, like, not not fast but not slow fashion, Mm -hmm. like, that mid-tier, all the clothes are so poor quality and made out of such flimsy materials that you, even if you don't want to buy a new set of trendy clothes, within a short amount of time you have to because they they wear out they fade they break and if you don't have a lot of money or like honestly if you're just average like buying a whole new wardrobe is expensive period like if you're just average and like all your clothes are falling apart at this point and you need something for school and you need something for work and you want to feel cute sometimes all of that it's not sustainable for most people to do the whole capsule wardrobe $100 t-shirt thing yeah and so in addition to like 
us essentially being programmed by like media to crave new 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 in the fashion sense there's also just like a like a physical reason we have to keep buying more it's because our clothes Mm -hmm. don't last um and that's a whole other thing yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, oh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off no, no, you're not. good. I was just like, I literally could talk for hours yeah, because same. there's so yeah, many. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to like, just like repeat everything that we just said, but I just wanted to touch on the fact that I really think that that House of Sunny dress, like the one that you just imagine when you think of House of Sunny is like mm-hmm. literally the perfect example of something. Well, like House of Sunny kind of sort of, I feel like they sort of market themselves as like a sustainable brand, but it's like even brands that are like market themselves as like, oh, you should spend more money on your clothes because then you want to keep it forever and like take good care of it because the trend cycle is like so fast like people spent whole entire paychecks on that and like wanted to wear it forever but then like there are so many fast fashion dupes there are so many people who just like bought it bought it bought it because like they saw some girl on pinterest wear it and now like a lot of people would like who have it are like well it kind of lost the appeal you know i have one more thing to say oh my god it just left my mind wait wait you got it. If you don't got it, I have a thing to say. Go, you do got go. it. Okay. I was going to say, I think there's a term for that. Isn't it green fishing? Yeah, green yeah, fishing. Yeah, where companies kind of like. Yeah, like green washing. I got my yeah. Back. You got yours? Yeah. Just got it back. Um, this is kind of a hot take and it's controversial, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's great that there are options for sustainable fashion, like reformation, producing new things that are more sustainable than, you know, like Shein and yeah. shit. But. To a certain extent if you're creating something new in mass and it's At not all. made out of recycled materials it is not com- like it is not as sustainable yeah not sustainable enough to be the entire solution yeah yeah like, and like- there's emissions from the factories that are making it yeah. some companies are good some companies are exploitative in terms of labor yeah. and then the clothes are going to go somewhere still they might yeah decompose faster and healthier than like polyester but they're still like you're still using some form of non-renewable energy to make it to ship it yeah and then like you know and then it's gonna like sit and there's something to be said for like I mean I guess in the grand scheme of things it's like making something that like doesn't need to be made like it's Mm -hmm. not necessary for like a brand new item of clothing to be made, even if it is like sustainable. Mm -hmm. We could stop manufacturing of all clothing right now and still have enough for Mm -hmm. generations to come if we were to. Yeah. I will say though, like then like the other side of the argument is like, I also think it's a a great thing that people that want to make clothes and want to have businesses do that. And there's a lot of avenues and that like, they're not just taking that easy way out Mm -hmm. of, doing it cheapest and most destructive yeah and like fashion is an outlet for people and it's like a great way to just like enjoy your life um, exactly absolutely. yeah so I'm not saying like ban them, yeah but it's just it's not ban fashion it's a part, <laughs> but it, it's not the entire thing yeah. you know yes definitely there's so many like moving parts and there's really like a con like four cons to every pro like yeah true. even sustainable are they're like drops are limited like I've seen a couple like articles about that where it's like you're also oh sorry sorry I'm like lagging a little bit so if I'm ever like cutting you off um but I was just gonna say like also when companies do like small drops I've also seen articles where it's like okay like yes that's good because you don't want to like create mass 
amounts of clothing but then when you have a small drop it creates like a scarcity mindset so then people are like I have to like snatch it up really fast so like <laughs> that is a problem too but yeah, yeah there's always and the scarcity mindset thing I don't know why the first thing that came to mind was fashion brand company I love them and they actually are genuinely small batches like with House of Sunny mm-hmm. it went so viral you cannot call that a small batch of yeah. anything you know so fashion mm-hmm. brand company is a company that I love but because of that scarcity mindset there becomes like an economy at post you know post sale like at resale where Mm -hmm. it gets more and more expensive and it's like where's the ethical like where's the ethics in that because now it used to be more accessible than it is now Mm -hmm. and it's like but you could argue that like I mean I think it's a little bit different but at the same time like people on Depop that are selling secondhand or vintage there's also a scarcity mindset with things in our shop because we never oh, have yeah. the same thing twice. Oh, and yeah. although we aren't like specifically being like, this is a drop, you'll never get it again. Yeah. Like yeah. it's implied no, yeah, that we're, like, you know, we, so, all vintage resale shops are guilty of this. Of like, being, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's a bad thing. Like yeah. it's a thing that I think you can exploit that fact. And like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, is when can, people like, be like, you need this. You'll never get another out. chance. Yeah. Like, ha the but rare brandy on Depop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, rare brandy. <laughs> but yeah, just the implicit There's only thought. one gangster that made me do this shirt, and if you need it now. Oh my, no, stop. That just gave me flashbacks. <laughs> that gave me flashbacks to high school. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to be there. Yeah. Stop. Um, yeah. On this rare brandy Melville shirt, starting with $50. it causes so much drama i don't know if you guys have if you guys don't follow this account on instagram but there's an account and it's called drama Drama. (laughs) but yeah i've seen stuff on my for you page before and it's just like posts like not even clothing items but like posts being like watch out for rare brandy like because there's so much depop oh my god you shouldn't even have to watch people that rare brandy is not real (laughs) (laughs) but i guess like a a lot of people in the app yeah. are like children yeah young very yeah. young yeah. yeah whatever we're all cringy we were all cringy <laughs> once maybe not that cringy but <laughs> um okay um oh the next question is or like I guess a couple of questions your like all-time favorite thrifted item like maybe you don't wear it a ton but it's like definitely your favorite and then most used thrifted item I need oh wait where is it okay yeah <laughs> we got it ready we okay got the dog. so I knew right when I read the question what my favorite item ever is. It, okay, how do I show you? It's this shirt. It's so unpleasant. <laughs> In the best way. It's a rodeo American flag <laughs> western so shirt. And I love that it's like black and white. It's so good. And honestly, it's really yeah. thank you so much. Anything with like a photo print. Yeah, just... like these black, like pearlescent buttons I don't know if you see it's wonderful <laughs> Rebecca like little like snaps it's just yeah so- yeah mm-hmm. um, amazing I honestly think this is my most useful item I've ever searched to best of both worlds some everyday wear every <laughs> time like I don't know if you relate you probably do like when it do you ever like put on like a nice dress or a cute skirt or like a cute tiny top but you kind of feel a little bit too exposed but you don't want to like wear a jacket and like really yeah vibe? Mm-hmm. this guy yes. and also it's like on. it's never cold I live in southern California like yeah. it's even in the winter it's still fairly warm so like 
I don't want to wear like a jacket jacket you know no. one of those <laughs> and then it kind of like especially if I'm wearing like you know classic little black dress like super like yeah you know like accentuates my curves I like to like throw like the kind of like boxy mm-hmm. like more like masculine thing on top so I don't divert the male gaze a little bit (laughs) they'd be like I don't understand what's going on here so I'm not gonna look at you yeah Yeah. it's wonderful it's just so sick I don't know your turn so speaking of diverting the male gaze um (laughs) this it's I I honestly pick my swim it's just a massive like full body puffer and like it's not reversible but I decided that it's reversible so it is and it has a hood and I found it in France in the it's one euro bin. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. And so it's just like, I'm a shapeless, like amorphous form <laughs> and no one should it's look so at me. Sick. No one can <laughs> and I, I will, I like wore it in France, even though just like the weather did not warrant it. And, and I would be so... like smoking a cigarette, like <laughs> my fucking, yeah. And someone was trying to, I could tell that there was like another reseller there and he was like, was that and I was like why do you care about this like this could not possibly be worth money oh. yeah there's a little pocket <gasps> here. but um yeah and then I, I took it on the plane and I do agree with that. the hood comes off it yeah. snaps back on it's fire. oh so convenient <laughs> <laughs> if we could get pictures of those for the article oh yeah I'll model them yeah <laughs> Yeah, so there's that. And then yeah. most worn, I mean, not this, just most because useful. Southern California, but most useful, yeah, like those staple Every- garments, yeah. like staple things that you can just throw on t-shirts, like funny t-shirts when, like, if you find a t-shirt you really love, you can just get so much fucking use out of it because you're hanging out in the house, you're working out, <laughs> working out, <laughs> um, or you can wear it and, like, dress it up or down. Also for, like, usefulness, just, like, lots of, like, little furniture decor type pieces. Yesterday, yeah. I found furniture. There's this brand called Le Creuset. It's, like, a kitchenware brand, and they make really nice enamel shit that, like, will last for, like, your whole life, you know? Yeah. Yesterday, I was thrifting, and I found this $100 kettle that I've always wanted for, like, $5, and I was, like, I'm... $4.99. $4.99. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh my like, perfect condition I think yeah. whoever priced it didn't know what the brand was yeah. and I was like oh my god I'm safe I'm using this for the rest of my life thank you so much because <laughs> yeah. I could never like justify spending a hundred dollars yeah. for a tea kettle yeah. you know like that's a big deal <laughs> 499 yeah that I was like changes. thank you yeah no so haven't used it yet but it will be my most useful <laughs> literally thrift anything like yeah. yeah the most useful is honestly it goes beyond clothes as well yeah <laughs> I love thrift of love lamps. a good lamp <laughs> um okay next question is like what are your go-to outfits I guess like go-to what would you just put on every day let me go first yeah okay <laughs> mine typically is some sort of mini skirt like usually like a kind of like tennis skirt vibe but sometimes you know like a just like pencil skirt kind of vibe body calm yeah I love to wear a skirt and then either like I love wearing a, a like a big t-shirt or a big hoodie that's almost the same length as the skirt and the skirt's just like peeking out underneath especially if there's like contrast between the colors and it's another like kind of blend of like really like girly and like really like tomboy yeah. shit together and I think that's it yeah like daily basis hoodie skirt and I always wear like chunky heeled combat boot type things because I'm I'm really short. I'm five one and I 
don't like that. <laughs> I, I want to feel bigger. Um, my personal style has just evolved because of the pandemic. And I think that's something that a lot of people have been experiencing and meaning like, I'm just so much more like lazy. And I also, um, have like, I mean, I already started on my journey of like letting go of having to be again, like beautiful for the male gaze and like wearing tight fitting garments. And like, yeah. as up until I was probably like, I don't know. I think when I was like 20 was the turning point. It's like, I'm kind of old now. So, I gotta, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so I started to realize like, you don't have to be uncomfortable in your clothes anymore. So like for a majority of my life, it was all thrifted, like as tight as I could get like seventies bell bottoms or like, yeah, really tight belts around my waist and shit like that. And it's just like, and so throughout this time I've realized like, I don't like it just wear what you want. And like, if it looks cute, if you, Feel like it looks cute then it looks cute it on your body your period the day. yeah yeah and so comfort throughout the pandemic has like changed things a lot and now I'm like oh shit like there's so many dresses and things like that that I still love that I'm like, <sighs> also, I'm just, like chilling at home I feel like the pandemic has made me like more open to wearing like risky outfits like if I have like a top and some pants and I don't know if they'll look good together I just like don't give a fuck I'm, I just throw them on wear it for the whole day <laughs> and at the end of the day I'm like did I like that yes or no and I feel like before like when I was going out into the world every single day all the time all day I would have never done that because like the the fear of being embarrassed and what you're wearing was like too strong yeah and so like in a weird way I feel like I've just become like more confident being like weird with my style because I'm just playing dress up at home for a year and a half yeah (laughs) yeah I definitely understand that too I also feel like well I mean are you, you guys are both, are you out of school right now? Mm-hmm. She graduated college and I dropped out of college. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like the, like more, the farther I get from high school is like also has to do with like the more I feel like I know my personal style better. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I think about what I wore in high school and I'm like, I'm just like, I don't know who that was. Yeah. yeah. Same. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Oh my next god. question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that'll start the spiral. Um, okay, so next is what's like next for your small business and like how do you guys hope to grow and like expand more? Because I know that you're on like multiple platforms. I mean, I think the biggest thing is for me personally, I need to or I'm striving to like participate more in like the social media creation because Emma's really been carrying the torch with that one um because I have like a background in more of like the like kind of creative strategy like side of things as opposed to like the actual like I I went to school for advertising before I dropped out um and I don't I'm like so shy online so I'm not used to like I don't want to put myself out there but I think it would be good for like our business and help us like grow and show more of who we are if I actually made TikToks, for example. And then other than that, like, uh, at least for me personally, I don't really know (laughs) what our direction is. Like, I'm kind of playing it by ear and just like seeing where things, where it takes us. And then like when things come up, like you asking to interview us, um, just jumping on them, you know, like saying yes to the things that come up. But I really can't like predict a specific, like, yeah, no worries. A I, I, thing. Like, I, I was like, what's your five-year plan? But <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had one. 
about you? Um, yeah, I mean, what you said, mm-hmm. and then also, I definitely, I'm, like, really ashamed of how um, size exclusive I still am. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to strive to, like, get as many vintage pieces in larger sizes. Um, but, like, the reality is, is that, one, back then, people excluded plus-size people from fashion. Like, they were excluded. They didn't make clothes big enough. So a lot of times, it's hard to come by for that reason. And then it's, like, in the 80s and 90s, they started to improve, like, a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, again, they've excluded plus-size fashion from, like, actually, like, trendy or fashionable items at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, like, one of the major complaints is that, like, none of it's cute. Like, none of the plus-size clothing is cute. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of, like, teetering on the balance of like I really feel like it's more than our duty to make sure that we have ample you know selection for everyone but it's also like there's a lot of like people on TikTok who are saying leave it like if you're sourcing vintage plus size vintage leave it at the shop for people that yeah. want to wear it for themselves yeah. you know but then there's the critique of like your shop is size exclusive where's your plus size items so mm-hmm. it's like I don't I don't yeah. what do you want from me I don't know what to do like I want to do the right thing and I want to provide um for as many people as possible because what the fuck mm-hmm. and so it's just really hard because I'm like in I'm literally like I'll stand in the aisle with like a size like nice like cute 40 cargo pants and I'm like no 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 <laughs> what's right I um, think part of that solution so yeah. is if we eventually grow towards having like an actual like wholesaler like warehouse that we go to you know where like we get like hella pounds at once um finding one that does have plus size pieces and like I don't know I think for like the growth our focus is just making sure we're doing this sounds so corny but like making sure we're doing the right thing and being thoughtful about like each step of the process um and like taking our time making sure we're not like ignorant to other people's experiences or opinions as opposed to like I feel like we don't have specific like growth milestones in like a business yeah. sense like we're not like we want to get this yeah. much revenue this year yeah. wow just like, like consistent like, like ethical improvement yeah yeah be. yeah I think that's like the, the future of thing. all businesses or at least I fucking hope so um <laughs> is that that's what everyone's goal should be is that they continue to be more human you know so mm-hmm. On it. Okay, so that that like sort of also touches on like one of the next question questions, which was like, how are you trying to use your platforms for positive change? But also, um, so Depop, it's like sort of like a social media platform almost, and so like just wondering about your thoughts on that, and then also like, I guess in addition to that, like, why did you guys like choose Depop versus like I know there's like a plethora of like other different selling apps like Poshmark, all that kind of stuff. I'll answer that one first, if that's okay. Um, Depop just has, like, Poshmark and a lot of the other ones have catered to a different demographic. I think you could agree that Depop is primarily people within our general age range and Mm. primarily focused on, like, more of the unique, vintage-y, thrifted stuff, whereas, like, Poshmark, Mercari, and other platforms are, or like eBay are a lot more focused on like brands. Like people want like, you know, like Michael Kors bags and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like Depop fit how I, like the people on Depop looked like how I dressed too. Yeah. Whereas on Poshmark, it's like a lot different. Different. Yeah. Also the user interface 
so much easier. It's mm-hmm. so much more streamlined, which is really like counterintuitive considering like, you know, it's older people on eBay and Poshmark. And those are like the least accessible pr- platforms in yes, my opinion. Seriously. Like they're so complex and like listing an item is just like, such a pain in the ass. yeah, it's such a pain in the ass. And with Depop, it was just like, since it is co- sort of like a social media platform and like people kind of see, um, it's like, it's, yeah, it's more of a social exchange. So like, you don't have to list, or at least I've, in my experience, when I see top sellers, they don't list like every single detail about every garment because their personal brand on their shop and the way that they're wearing an item and the way that they're showcasing it in the image Mm -hmm. does more for the consumer, like the buyer, than like those really complex like descriptions like on eBay and shit like that. Because people, they can get the vibe purely from pictures and pictures are the future. And like how video comes in too. eBay makes you put in all those details. Yeah, like you don't have a choice, it's so weird. Yeah, and then Depop, I think that like the four picture limit can kind of get annoying sometimes. It can. But it also like I think it encourages like I think five would be perfect creativity though. Yeah. Like whereas on platforms that allow like hella pictures, no character limit, people would be just posting like this anything. Stuff. Like why do you have 25 pictures of this yeah. one button on the pants? Like dude, I literally do that shit. I'm on Poshmark because I I'm helping this woman um sell okay. her clothes, like family friend. And I literally do that shit. I just like, I take like a bunch of pictures. Like when we shoot, yeah. I just take like a million, just let them, let it rip. And like, there's like a 24 limit. So I'm just like, okay, yeah. you get all of them. And it's, I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. And that's why, again, Depop is just so much more usable. And it's genius because people take up less time having to sort through clothes because mm-hmm. they can tell by the picture, like yeah. they want that yeah. period. So. Um, and then the other part of your question is what do we think about Depop being kind of built like a social media? I think that yeah. another reason I like Depop is that like people are just much more creative on there. Like, and I think the fact that you have like a feed and you have an Instagram like profile encourages that. Like people are really creative with like the like level of detail that they style with. And like, I've seen some people make really, really creative, beautiful, like hand painted backdrops, yeah. for example, or like makeup that's like fun. like. I, we were shooting today, did blue eyeshadow. It's such like, it's small, but like, I wouldn't do that if I was photographing items for, for like- fucking Poshmark. For Poshmark, <laughs> yeah. where like, the people on that app aren't similar to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this fun way to express myself without being um, kind of restricted and, and anxious about like social, like Instagram in general is like, I think I tend to overthink there. But with Depop, I'm just like, I'm just selling clothes. I don't have to worry about how I look. Like, that's not the point. Whereas, like, if I tried to do the same for Instagram, I'd be like, oh, no. Do I look okay? Is this outfit cool? Like, you know, like, it it removes a lot of that, like, external pressure because you have a specific purpose on that app, if that makes sense. Got it. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, And just, like, like, getting the vibe of, like, a certain shop, like, knowing that like oh I'm gonna follow the shop because like they oh they like consistently have things that like match where I sort of like see myself or like what I like to see um mm-hmm. another thing is where do you guys source your clothes and where like do you have any tips for finding good vintage items or like how do you know like if it's worth it or like what to leave there 
I'll let you start on like where you source and then I'll go into like how I select things. Yeah. Um, Vint, I mean, I thrift, I mostly thrift. She has like a host, wholesale kind of ish dealer. Um, I met this guy on talk eBay. About. Yeah. <laughs> an eBay guy. She's okay, got an so eBay guy. I met this guy on eBay. I found this random eBay shop that had a bunch of cool stuff and I messaged him and I was like, Hey, if I got like all of these things, would you like throw me a special price? And then he was like, yeah, I'm down. And then I tried to send him a message on eBay being like, if I just PayPal you directly and we avoid the eBay fees, like, you know. but eBay like flagged that before I sent it. And then he ends up sending me the box of stuff and like wrote his number in the box. And it was like, if you need more, text me. Nice. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is like some sick freak who's like old and like scary. But he ended up being sick this freak. kid, like who lives in Austin, Texas. He's around my age. He like has like, He's just like super cool. Like I would be friends with him. And Good so <laughs> I like his whole thing is like t-shirts. Like he's really, really good at finding like dope vintage t-shirts. And he always like, I don't know how he does it. He can like always tell like the exact age and like long backstory of each one of them. Like he's great at that research. So I buy like menswear and t-shirts from him semi-regularly but also we just like text each other memes and shit like so like that's a thing Business I do is crazy yeah days. and then in addition to that I like if there's something specific I'm looking for like trend wise or I'm just like fixated on like a certain style of baby doll dress for whatever reason I'll like spend like several hours on ebay like digging yeah. but for the most part it's thrifting as well yeah yeah and then for identifying vintage um I will text you kind of like a bullet point rundown of these tips um, if you want to like have a little cheat sheet for the article. But the main thing is the easiest one to look for is made in USA because unless it's like one of those like new sustainable indie brands, rarely any garment is made in USA anymore. And like honestly started tapering off in the 80s like that's when they pushed like a lot of manufacturing overseas and then so like that's that's the easiest one it doesn't always mean it's 100 percent vintage but most likely it's older than the 2000s um the other thing is i guess if you're in the store you're looking you're trying to find it first thing first look at the tag and if it says made in the usa you're good if it says made in korea it's possibly from the 80s and 90s because not a lot of stuff is made in Korea anymore. If it's made in, I think, Mexico, that's another like late 80s, early 90s things. And like as the US transitioned to manufacturing garments, mostly in China, they moved away from Mexico production as well in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's certain like logos that represent like clothing manufacturing unions and like those will show up on the tag as well and that's like a surefire way to tell if something's vintage like if it has a union tag it's absolutely vintage and then if you want to get like really crazy you can like look at the specific design and color and stuff of that tag and like identify down to the year essentially the internet like you're yeah. you're amazing at finding these sites and these resources yeah, where yeah. you can just type in like a serial number on a tag yeah. and it'll give information so in the store basically all i look at is i'll look through like racks and see what i think is interesting and cool and then if it's interesting and cool 
and it has like the made in USA or like has union tag or if it just feels like really high quality and it looks kind of old it's most likely vintage and you can like do the slew thing later and find out if it is um and then like on the research end like once I'm like back home the best thing I've done is this thing called like the RN calculator or something like that and basically the FTC issues a five digit number to be put on every care tag or like garment is that what it's called care tag? Tag, yeah. yeah and those numbers like change every year I think and they go in chronological order so if you have that number you can like reverse search yeah where the garment's from who made it and the rough time range that it was made um yeah and there's like this one website I use that someone put together where like you can just like type in the five numbers and it tells you like a general range of when your item's from which that has definitely been the most helpful yeah that's really cool yeah and every once in a while there's like like I had these really old pair of Levi's and I couldn't find any information on them um and like they were like super super unique and I ended up like researching the zipper manufacturer that that Levi's used in different decades and found this blog that literally only talked about zippers that's it they had like a hundred zippers on their website with in-depth descriptions of like where and when those zippers were from and I was like you know and I ended up getting like the actual age of those pants from looking at the zipper but like I don't do that for every piece like that was a that was too much work I should not have done that um a late but, night for you probably yeah I was <laughs> just like bored four in the morning, like, <laughs> I'm like I need to know um but yeah when you're in the store like look at the material how it feels check where it's made um and like I'll send you the links to like specific resources online where I learned all of this like there's some blogs that talk about like different materials and different manufacturer locations that are like connected to different periods of time um yeah all of it's pretty easy like you kind of get an eye for it after a while like I used to do in-depth research on a lot of my items like when I would get home from like the store or whatever just for fun and to kind of train my eye and now for the most part like I can vaguely guess like when and where something's from you know Mm-hmm. yeah um okay so next we love watching your tiktok um and we're just wondering like what you guys think of the platform like in general i know that like i feel like there's a lot of like mixed opinions because like there's definitely sides of tiktok where i'm like this can be like very toxic and i can be on it for like hours and just also feel like horrible but then sometimes i'm like oh like that's cool i didn't know that before or like sometimes you need a silly little video but also (laughs) it can become like also like a black hole sometimes that's all you (laughs) i don't know why she's hiding her nicotine hit from you guys right now (laughs) i'm like this is stepped out of the frame um it's way weirder for you (laughs) the frame um love it uh what what the fuck was the question where were oh tiktok TikTok. okay um crazy place crazy place uh i have so many questions about what it is and what everyone is up to on there because (laughs) 
I mean, it's it's children. Like there are so many like actual like children there, and I guess that probably like, sounds demeaning, but I don't mean it in any way other than like adolescent minds, kids. Yeah, and I'm like fascinated by the platform because like it seems like this place that you go for like like betterment or like you know just entertainment. No. Why would you Why well, would you I go to TikTok for betterment? Because like there's people talking about some good shit on there. They have some <laughs> stuff to say. You know, there's people who want to like inform and educate, especially young people who are trying yeah. to get the word out there about this, this or that. No, you're right. I'm just yeah. Pessimistic. No, no. <laughs> um, and so like when I'm on there, I'm like so stoked. I'm getting a lot of good information. But then you read like the comments, and it's like kids who have like it's really weird. They, they kind of like latch on to like a singular bit of information that maybe went viral once. And they kind of like regurgitate like they're very like, like limited knowledge on subjects. And it's just- With like no nuance. Yeah. And it's not policed, you know, there's no way for you to like stop people from like, get, you know, spreading false information. You can elaborate. Yeah. I think there's a lack of nuance on social media in general, in general just because yeah. that's how the internet is. Um, but- your life story in 140 characters yeah well but like on twitter you can do threads and on twitter you can like link to shit and da 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 da. but on tiktok in particular they made it i don't know if this was intentional but my perspective is i think it's genius they yeah they made it absolutely impossible to include nuance on anything yeah like the comments are so short it's really hard and hectic to get to more so it just causes people to continue contributing and continue like you know pushing the video up in the algorithm so that it gets seen for the app and it works out for them fucking fantastic but for like human beings trying to communicate it's yeah it's just not human it's like it's some yeah. of it's pretty fucked. Like, I try to remember. I'm like, this is only real on TikTok. Like, this is all reality only on this app. Like, if I close the app, it's gone. Also, like, but- the app really, even if you follow people, like, okay, say, for example, like, we post a TikTok. We're talking about, we do, like, a five-part TikTok, and we're trying to explain this concept. Like, whatever. Um, even if you follow us, it's going to be hard to follow that storyline right. unless yeah. you specifically go to our page. Not only because the uh, app is so distracting, mm-hmm. but also because like so many other people are posting content so rapid fire that things yeah. like really get lost mm-hmm. and then the way the for you Abyss. page is set up I think is like entirely unique to any other platform like there's the explore page on Instagram there's like recommended page on like, YouTube but it's like nowhere near the same the for mm-hmm. you page is just like every time you open the app you're shuffling all of the voices in the world yeah. and like getting like a random batch of them yeah and by the time you like collect your thoughts on one thing you saw, you've already watched like 15 more. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah. it's just like, it's chaos. insane. It's literally for like kids for young people. It's just chaos. It's a lot yeah, of like, like a slot signaling, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a lot of just confusion and like, just like no genuine communication, which is super frustrating. And I think super the pandemic uh, enabled that to a degree because like none of us, we've all had limited social interaction and I think a lot of people are like emotionally and physically drained from living through a pandemic as well. So like, it makes sense to go on an app where you can like hear all these other people talking and see all these other people and like kind of have this like fleeting parasocial connection with like a person or a cause mm-hmm. with such minimal effort. Like it's a lot less effort to both make and interact with content on Just TikTok than any other yeah. app, you know? Yeah. So like, I think 
it's so, especially towards the beginning of the pandemic, it's so easy to just sit in bed and be on TikTok for six hours. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. I like can't consume content on it. Like I, if I want to watch TikToks, I like watch like compilations on YouTube because mm-hmm. the app interface is so, scroll. yeah, that's so smart. I never thought of that before. <laughs> yeah. Cause also, I can like, no other way to see them. And then I just get sucked in. Yeah. Or I'll, like, I'll see random ones on Twitter or whatever, but like, I also like feel, I feel like I'm pretty sensitive and it's hard for me to detach from like if I see something upsetting on social media it's hard for me to like separate and be like okay this is like it's fine it's a person like this isn't real and so I feel like when I'm on the actual TikTok talk app I'm like scared I'm like scared that like the next video that comes up is gonna be something like toxic upsetting and so I like to just go on YouTube and be like fashion DIY TikTok compilation I can control I have more safety and control on there but also like I mean especially like having ADHD like that app like is so addicting like I've never experienced a platform that like has me so like trapped by it you know like I can't pull myself away from it ever so I just can't use use it to like browse yeah definitely also like I think that you make a good point just like not just TikTok but like social media in general but also like especially TikTok just because of the interface but it's like very easy for things to snowball really fast and like you said with like the one person thing it literally is like you're like whoever made the video like that one person versus like whatever however many comments like everybody's sort of coming in and there's not a lot of like it's just like because they're the videos everything's like so short and like I can just feel my attention span like getting shorter every time I go on it but like it's hard to get any sort of like context for anything yeah 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 I mean there is no context it's just it's pretty oh my god it's hard (laughs) yeah so I don't know I'm hoping obviously that they become they come up with more like ethical design solutions for Mm -hmm. the app and like more than that like what is it that stop scrolling or like (laughs) honestly I appreciate them for that so much but also in its effectiveness it's just not because you don't have to jump through any hoops to just skip right the fuck past it you know Mm -hmm. and then also be like bitter and like keep watching videos because someone yeah I'm like um so yeah I just hope that like their designs again like become more human so that people aren't destroying each other on an app because they can't have an actual conversation it's terrifying it really is and they're all like 16 and I'm like they think I'm old they think I'm like ancient and I don't even know how to like communicate that I'm not like an evil person yeah yeah in (laughs) 10 characters or however short those fucking comments are yeah okay um moving on so who would you say is like your fashion inspiration or like a style icon just like where do you pull inspiration from mine's literally my mom when she was like a teenager and in her 20s perfect yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) mine just I don't fucking honestly I don't know I've always thrifted like my whole life for clothes so I've just never really had the opportunity to like buy specific things that I've seen from someone else you know or someone else wearing but I've just yeah I've always like 60 70 stuff my parents like buy antiques and that's where I got that so like it's just 
I've always liked vintage items just because it's what I was surrounded by. And so at a store, it's just like, does this look appealing to me? Okay. Like I will have that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have a specific person. Yeah. There's no like specific person. There's been like a couple people who I like see on Instagram, but they have like a thousand followers. And I'm like, you are the coolest person in the whole world. (laughs) And I I just want you to know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Another, um, we really like that you guys like, have featured like picnic palace and like your sports small small artists so just wondering like do you guys plan to work with more artists or do you have more like artists that are like really inspiring to you right now um absolutely I again like with this whole like partnership thing all of that with Depop I just encourage people so heavily like again I keep saying this but the future of fashion is like working with other human beings and like continuing to build off of each other's creativity and creating a circular economy between your followers and my followers like chances are if I like your art then someone who likes my stuff will also like your art you know like there's a pretty high probability there and so what's interesting, like, I'm just confused as to why more like depoppers don't do it because it's like one, it just, it feels great to be able to mm-hmm. give someone a platform when you like believe in their art and like believe in what they have and stuff like that. It feels fantastic. So for purely like selfish reasons, I'm surprised that more people don't do it. Cause it's just like, yes, like I want to help this person and I can, um, there's that. And then there's also like with depop, the number one thing that I tell people when they ask like how to get big is just post like yeah, post as it. much as you can like volume 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 that's literally it uh over and over again just try to get as, as much stuff as you can on there just do that mm-hmm. and so again with like featuring an artist why would you not want a few more posts with your name mm-hmm. attached to it you know like why would you it just seems like all around the a best thing ever yeah, yeah. and <laughs> from like a consumer sense like as a customer approaching a store with a revolving like featured artist or designer or whatever it's like it's it breaks up any staleness that might be like happening within the shop too and like it shows yeah it exposes the consumer to like artists they might not have heard of before and like they can like even if they don't purchase something can follow like new inspiring people you know it's literally I just don't get it like it's helpful all around like more people need to be doing this I don't it's so mutually beneficial like and then we do like plan on ideally um we want to do like a monthly like a different person every month and then um eventually maybe do like guest sellers that just have like really good style like Mm -hmm. I have a couple of friends that just are beautiful style and Mm -hmm. I'm like I want you to be here for a minute (laughs) yeah what's up oh I just have a follow-up thought it would be really rad like maybe you could feature this uh, shop that makes like plus-size clothing yeah that's I've totally thought about that and also needing more like yeah models or like the people that run shops actually that's really funny for the first time in a really long time I made like a random shout out post because I was just like I was looking at this seller's page and I was just so overwhelmed with like they're so talented like why aren't they famous yet and I just made a post about them and they happen to be a plus size shop and they have so much good vintage so yeah things like that like just giving direct opportunity to someone who actually is plus size to format like have their stuff like that's the ideal world for me but Mm -hmm. in the pandemic it's just been pretty impossible to like have yeah to like yeah to work with people and to Mm -hmm. like like I'm not going to onboard someone onto our shop permanently that I don't know but I would love to have people of color and god we're we're so white on our shop um (laughs) and yeah more size um range yeah 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 
Um, okay, so like touching on that more, like your you guys um call yourselves like an anti brand. So I was just wondering if you guys would like explain more what that label like means to you guys and like how you try to cultivate it through your shop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the biggest part for me is the first point would be like just being authentic and like showing like who we are kind of naturally and evenly and like not focusing on like curating like how can I present myself to do like to make the most sales or get the most attention like it's very just like hey guys what's up you know and I think that's important and like refreshing and then also I think I mentioned this earlier is like making decisions from like a human perspective and like from my personal moral perspective as opposed to making decisions based on like business shit you know like we don't have to like hit profit milestones and like report them to investors and I don't don't know how that world works like the corporate world never been there Um, never heard of her yeah so just being like ourselves I guess (laughs) yeah and being honest and intentional with what we do Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's super ideal for me, honestly, because I've just never been, it's never been a strong point for me to, to curate things. And I've always like had like me personally, my, my human personality is to want to like connect with other people and make them feel like not alone and like shit like that. So it was a very like natural next step for me to like, not even put any effort into trying to like make something appear a way that it's not. Like construct a facade in any way. Yeah. Um, okay, another one is that, like, on TikTok especially, like, you're very transparent about, like, your, um, own struggles with, like, body image and just, like, that toxic, like, world, um, and how, like, the retail environment a lot of the times, like, contributes to that, so we just wanted to ask, like, what's it like, like, opening up to about that and, like, viewers and just, like, TikTok and social media in general about that and, like, being vulnerable? Yeah, there's, like, two things I would like to address with that one of which is like I really struggle with like perpetuating the ideals and things on our own depop on a daily basis like Mm -hmm. not even just on social media but like when I pose I pose like I pose for clothes I try to accentuate my like best features Mm -hmm. you know best whatever um and it really frustrates me and like I've made a few posts like literally on depop being like here's the post like pictures of me unposed and like candid pictures before the you me in the garment you're about to see just because I just hate like I it like breaks my heart to think that there's girls out there who like want to look like me but I don't look like that mm-hmm. you know like, like we, real body we, versus yeah body. we know all of this and like honestly I have so much privilege that goes unspoken for like my whiteness and my thinness like my straight size body and so I'm like constantly like pulling myself apart trying to figure out it how it literally directly financially benefits me to continue to contort my body into that shape yeah um and like it, it yeah it literally financially benefits me what can I say it helped me buy groceries because people perceive a garment if you make yourself better look good in it. Yeah, yeah because of that and so it's just like this weird like manipulation of like I want to be so honest but I also like can't lose sales I'm trying to fucking pay for my life in capitalism like what the fuck yeah so there's that that's a whole thing I still don't know what to do about it I still don't know how to break up the post like I've actually gotten feedback saying like this isn't a social media platform like people being like why are you posting things like that and I was just like 
I can't do anything right. I can't. I'm just trying, man. So there's that. And what was the other thing? But then at the same time, the body stuff is very real for you and like a lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's. And for some people, like they just, you know, might not understand as well. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Well, like even I feel like I have learned so much more context to like the realm of body image issues and like the factors that play into it and like things that manipulate young women um, from Emma and from working with Emma because I'm like naturally thin and I don't know like I don't have to have any firsthand experience of anything like I've never felt conscious of my body yeah and so to be introduced to like the depths of this issue and like the people it affects and how it affects them has been like very new for me and from my end I feel like I'm still just evolving in my understanding of that yeah and I feel like you are actually like actionable towards tackling this yeah. like large subject which is another great thing about having yeah. multiple people on a deep pop shop because yeah. we all have different things to bring yeah. um what was my second thing what was the initial question uh talking about your body on tiktok yeah oh my other thing is like i wish i could give like recommendations on how people can be more authentic because like you said like you're a little bit more shy online and like worried about people's perception and like yeah. i wish that i had better thi- like things to say but i literally don't even like think about it like i think i have some sort of like trauma block where i'm like <laughs> no one can really see this these are just little robots interacting with me and like improving my business like i have just decided to like try to let go of like my personal ego although i am like i'm embarrassed no, i'm ashamed not- like sometimes like my perception like the way that people perceive me online like I don't want to meet someone who's seen me online because that embarrasses yeah, the yeah, fuck out of me so I understand there's that like tentativeness and mm-hmm. I want to be able to give some good information on how people need to be more open like it's so necessary but I don't know I think I would just tell people to try to not think about it like if they want to do it too but I also yeah. don't think it's some people like aren't in a place where like Equipped being that with vulnerable the yeah. is like good for that yeah, yeah. very true like yeah for me it was one of those it. like outweighs like yeah. it puts me in more pain to think that I'm not trying to help than it does for yeah. me to feel embarrassed and shit like that so um okay so those were all of like the questions that we had that we sent you guys but if you have any extra time I think there's like just mm-hmm. a couple more that are extra but I don't know if you guys are like not anywhere to be yeah. You have to go soon, but can we but... do like a rapid fire round? Because I'm yeah, yeah. Do like okay. yeah. So rapid fire. Do you like either of you sew or like have a desire to make like your own clothes or patterns or anything, or do you just like prefer to thrift items? I don't have any sewing skills at all, but I want to so bad. Like every every woman in my family has made like incredible garments by hand out of like necessity. And I'm like the only one who doesn't know how to do it. So like, if I could, I would. (laughs) It feels like, I think a lot of vintage sellers would tell you it feels like a logical next step because not only do you want to kind of like salvage garments that maybe would just be thrown away because someone doesn't want to fix them and then you can resell them, give them new life. There's that, but then there's also like the idea... Yeah, the idea of like finding fabrics, getting wholesale fabrics and making something out of it. You can keep up yeah. with trends while using like well, recycled materials. Yeah. Stuff like, that already exists in the world. Like, it's that's so ideal. sick, yeah. but it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And also like learning a new skill. I haven't learned a new skill in forever. Super so expensive too. Like I want a sewing yeah. machine so bad, but like a decent beginner yeah. one is like a several hundred, hundred dollars. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, you get it new and then you need like all the thread and a table yeah. and like and you have all to that learn stuff. something yeah super expensive I like just picked up sewing like kind of in the past year and I was like borrowing my neighbor's sewing machine mm-hmm. and she was like and I have like my grandma's old one and she was like oh you can go to this place and they'll like do a tune-up for you and the tune-up was literally like the cost of what it would be to buy a new one and they were like you should just buy a new one and I was like I'm trying to do the right thing <laughs> like I'm literally trying so hard yeah, to just yeah. like, use what I have but he was like I'm gonna be honest with you just buy one just buy yeah. it and buy it from here um, <laughs> um okay next one like kind of quick um basically I feel like a lot of this might be like kind of common but I definitely noticed that I did this but like when you come from sort of like a past of just like fast fashion and like also just consumerism in general with like the trend cycles being fast and everything I think that then I started thrifting and I was like okay I'm not gonna buy fast fashion but then also I was like now I'm gonna buy so many things on Depop and I'm every time I hang out with my friends what are we gonna do we're gonna go to the thrift store and it's like I have seven of these shirts one of them is short sleeve one of them is long sleeve but like they're the same thing so do you ever feel like you are sort of just like trading like addiction to consumerism for like addiction to vintage consumerism and then Asha I like if you want to add on to that like yeah definitely feel free yeah mine was just do you have tips for like purchasing ethically like I th- think a lot about like cost per wear I don't know if you've heard that concept yeah, like, yeah. Dirty wear. justify spending money on things a lot which is not always good but I don't know tip so on the other end like tips for fighting that yeah um, from the consumerism end, I, I moved to LA when I was like around 16 or 17 and it's a really expensive city. So like, I have a very real constraint that like keeps me from like over consuming even Besides at your thrift closet. stores. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, no, like literally just money. Yeah, like, that, yeah. Ridiculous well. rent prices in exactly. LA. Yeah. And like for the first handful of years there, I was not making any actual money at all. Like in any real way that I had like the flexibility to like so first suggestion is to be broke <laughs> be broke um but no like give yourself like if it's something that you struggle with which I think it's natural to like kind of slowly taper off buying a lot of shit because you're just used to it you know and like over time you'll probably buy less and less and become more intentional and it's a process da, da, da. Yeah. but yeah like if it's something that someone is struggling with like set a budget for yourself or look at your closet before you go and be like, okay, what do I really want? Okay. I need new pants and a brown shirt, you know? And then like bring cash with you, like only bring the amount you want to spend. Yeah. And then like spend that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's the easy way and to do it. Another thing is just like as much as it hurts, as much as it hurts, but when you're shopping, if it wasn't an absolute yes, like when you saw it, you were like, <gasps> then just put it back. Yeah. You know, that's just an easy way to be like, or bring a bag of donation, like donate clothes back to the thrift store as your purchase. Oh, like yeah, one for one kind of. Yeah, yeah. Lots of little ways. Mm-hmm. Good, great tips. Uh, okay, last question, and then like I don't know, if, um, like if you guys have any questions too. But um, do you think like in general, just like in the realm of sustainability, that there's like a greater pressure on like women this is like something that we kind of like touch on in a lot of our interviews it's that like is there a certain level of sexism just like ingrained into the sustainability movement like not I feel like there's not a lot of like guys just hanging out like did you thrift that is that (laughs) like 
Where do you buy your dickies? Are those from Amazon? I yeah. don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of a lot of differences there. Yeah. Without getting too into it, because this is a big question, uh, the answer is yes, because like misogyny is ingrained in everything. everything. <laughs> and also like, if you think of the, the woman stereotype, it's like girls just want to go shopping and like yeah. use their boyfriend's credit card and da da da. da. Yeah. So I think that plays into it because it's like women are seen as the problem yeah. when it comes to overconsumption. And then also I think from a more misogynistic view, women are seen as like, nurturers and caretakers and responsible for maintaining and tending to everything yeah and yeah the earth. like mother earth yeah mother yeah earth. yeah like true so yeah, just, i think that's part of it as well is like yeah and also some of it you know it, it's just a everything is a continuous cycle of like furthering each other into oblivion. nothingness yeah <laughs> but um another thing is like you know, consumer guilt and like personal culpability, since we are the largest consumer in fashion as a, a group, we do continue to have this like guilt about it. And so it does become a co- topic of conversation more. We're also marketed to so much more aggressively. Yeah. So we are so more, more susceptible yeah. to falling into the trap of overconsumption or yeah. consuming unethically. But I think the level of blame and pressure that's on especially young women oh, yeah. is unfair Very and the funny. tone of it is so demeaning and like condescending it is so yeah weird. it is not unaffected by yeah. sexism yeah <laughs> like I think it can vary but in short yeah it's yeah. it's misogynistic to a degree yeah yeah awesome um awesome uh do you guys have like any questions that you wanted to ask where are you all from yeah <laughs> Um, I am in like Tustin right now, like Orange County. Yeah, yeah. I was at school, but I'm back this year, and then I'm going back to school next year. But yeah, right now I'm at home doing community. Mm-hmm. Cool. How about you guys? I'm in NorCal right now, like by San Francisco, but I go to UCSB with Sarah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm Santa Barbara from San Francisco. Fuck yeah. Cute. So we're all California girls. Oh, God. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I don't know. This is really great. Thank you for reaching yeah. out to us. I'm glad yeah. we could do it. Sorry we went on long. We talked about this forever. forever. There's so much. There's so much. And you were a great interviewer, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you were. You, you guys did great. did a great job of keeping it on track <laughs> yeah. and also just communicating with me like beforehand leading yeah. up to this. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, so much. And also like in terms of the social media stuff, I feel like you guys have a very positive platform like in the yeah. whole thing. So that makes you feel like and by the way, I always like I'm looking at you guys and stuff and I'm like this is so rad like it just feels yeah. like a positive force so thank That's you. Really, it does not go unnoticed it's like very helpful and like yeah I appreciate it. um is that it I think that's um, all yeah I think that's it it was so so nice talking to you guys like it was oh, so great thank, thank you so much this has been really fun yeah have a good one bye bye <laughs>